Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You may not know what your gift is, but you'll never know what your gift is unless you start doing something. Is that understood? You may think like, well, I'll try greeting. I found out that I don't like people. Don't be the greeter, right? Easy. Mark it off the list and go on to the next thing. You don't stop just because you struck out one time. No, you try something else. Find it. Pray. Lord, I don't know. I don't know what my gift is. Once you get plugged into a local church, you need to start serving. Being part of a church means pitching in and helping carry the load. Pastor James shares in today's message, don't let uncertainty in your talents hold you back from serving. Get in there and try something. If you strike out, keep trying until you find an area that you're passionate about. Come before the Lord and ask Him for guidance. Seek His wisdom to know where you should serve. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Acts chapter 5 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. shed innocent blood. He hates that. He, it's abominable to him. He hates that. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil, right? So like something evil is going on and you're like, I'm on my way there so I can join in and participate. It kind of sums up my whole high school experience to a certain extent. We were always running to evil, always. Feet that are running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies. And look at the last thing there. One who sows discord among the brethren. What we have in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 6 is with all the murmuring and complaining, see, the enemy was looking to get in there and sow discord within the body. And we need to be reminded of the fact that God absolutely hates that. Don't miss that. Do not forget that. Do not forget that. If there's a problem in it, so, you know, if your needs aren't being met in the body and all that good stuff, I get it, I understand, address it, you know, and all that good stuff, but ultimately, move on, right? Like, okay, well, let's trust the leadership to handle it. What's happening in the story is they're not trusting the leadership, which means what? You don't trust God. You don't trust God. And the enemy is like, and we know, we've already, we've been walking through this together. We see that he's using persecution to try to destroy this thing called the church. And then he uses hypocrisy to try to destroy this thing called the church. And that wasn't working. Then he, he amped up the persecution and the apostles all just got beat. And they were, went back to meeting together and they're all singing and dancing because they got beat for Jesus. And what? The church is growing like crazy because of that. And now... The enemy is still active, he's still on the prowl, and he's still looking a way to get in there, so I, I can't get it. So hypocrisy didn't work, and it's not that he stopped trying to use that, but now he's like, okay, I'm going to get in, and let's just create some family drama. Let's create some family drama. You know, yeah, this is a real issue. It was an issue before they even became a church, and so the enemy is going to use that, but more specifically, yeah, there's a, a schism that was already there, the Hellenist and the Jews. But he's going to use murmuring and complaining 
to try to bring this thing down. Lots of churches have been brought down because of that. They've been brought down because of that. And for whatever reason, we don't think gossip's that big of a deal. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's a major issue within the church. And it's sin. Well, it's not as bad as other sins. No, it is. It is. And so what you have is like, okay, there's a need that's there. Okay, bring it to the leadership and trust that God has placed the leadership in, in, that, in that position and that they're going to handle it. Well, what if they don't handle it? Well, let God deal with those people. Let them take care of it. It's his business. It's not yours. It's not yours. You should hold them accountable. Well, yeah, absolutely. We did a pastor appreciation, and there was a very lovely verse shared about pastors. And yeah, guess what? There's no verse in the Bible that I fear the most than from James that says, listen, you're a teacher of the word. You're going to be held to a higher standard of accountability. You understand that that is constantly on the forefront of my brain and my heart. Because I know I will stand before the Lord Jesus and he says, let's talk about that church that I put you in, in place to pastor and to shepherd. Let's talk about it. I know full well that. And I know there's going to be some things where he's like, I got some issues. And I'm like, I know you probably do. There are probably many. I'm sorry. I, I understand that. And that's why I surround myself with accountability. It's, this isn't about me. This isn't about me. But you have to trust. And that's the thing is like the, the question that we as a church need to, number one, we have to ask ourselves is, do we trust the Lord? Do we trust the Lord? And if you trust the Lord, then it's like, okay, but do you trust the leadership that he's called and he's put in place there? Do you trust? No, I don't. Okay, then find somewhere else to go where you do trust him. This is something that the enemy is going to use to try to bring this brand new thing down. And it's like, come on. The Lord called these people, these men, to be in charge of this thing. It, did he put them there? Yeah, he did. Okay, then you need to trust God that he knows what he's doing. Are they going to be perfect? Not at all. Are they going to make mistakes? Oh, more than what you'll ever even know. Let God, God's going to handle it, though. He's going to handle it. Do you trust him? Look at the wisdom that these guys have. This is amazing. So you got all this stuff, and it's, you can understand. I mean, the, the murmuring, it's, it's growing, and it's, it's all that stuff. These guys are going to squash this. Verse 2, then the 12, this is the apostles, summon the multitude of what? The multitude of disciples. How do you fix these problems? Well, you need disciples. You need disciples. You got issues in the church. You need disciples in the church to be a part of the solution. My motto in life you can either be part of the problem or you can be part of the solution. There you go, okay? There you go. Part of the problem, part of the solution. That's it. It's as simple as that. So the 12 summoned the multitude of disciples, which is growing, and they said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So this is, I don't know how you're going to take this, but I take this as like, number one, this is a hard passage for me, and I'll explain that in a second. But here's the, the apostles, and they're like, Listen, we are committed to teaching the Bible. We're committed to teaching the word and to praying. There's issues over here. And yeah, okay, well, somebody's got to administer the tables. We can't leave this and go and do this too. You're all disciples. Get to work. Figure it out. Figure it out. What you don't want is for the leaders of the church to have to step away from the Word of God so that they can go and do this stuff. Is it lesser things? No, it's not. But you can't demand everything from one person. You can't do that. That's illogical. It's not even healthy. 
that's not healthy. So when it comes to a pastor, not, a pastor is never above sweeping floors, cleaning toilets, setting out chairs, right? Pastor is not above that. And pastor should never be above that. I should, let me say that. And I would hope a, a good pastor is never, ever above that. But if he's having to do it all the time because nobody else in the body will step up to do it, then we have an issue. And the issue is not with the pastor. The issue is with the people. The issue is with the people. So here's the apostle saying, like, listen, we're committed to teaching the word and to praying. Like, this is what we have been called to do this thing. So if there's an issue over here with the tables and the administering and all that stuff, then by all means, knock yourself out. Here's what they do. I, I love this. This is really cool. So it's not desirable that we should leave the, the word and serve tables, and not because they're, again, not because they're above it. They're not above it, but they're giving themselves to the better thing and what the church needs the most at that moment. And that's the word of God, okay? So here's the solution. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you, from among yourselves, the sea of disciples, seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Here's the qualification for it. It's like, all right, well, um, so amongst yourselves, find qualified individuals who know how to take care of this problem. From, from amongst the disciples, find individuals. Now, the number seven, why the number seven? I know the number seven has significance and all that stuff, and, and culturally it has significance too. So in the Jewish culture, you know, if you were going to start something, seven men were, were really required for that. Now understand, there's terms that are going to be used within there, speaking of deacons. It doesn't call these people deacons. I hope you understand that. They are an illustration of what deacons are in the church, and deacon is just servant. That's all that means, okay? So if you're walking around with a cool little name tag and you feel like, I'm a deacon, yeah, it's, well, you're a servant. That's all that means. Um, we're all should be deacons, uh, technically, deacons and deaconesses, okay? We should all be servants within the church. There is a problem that's within the church. It's a temporary problem that needs a temporary solution, so to speak. So these guys are going to step up within the group, within the disciples, the ones who are studying the Word of God, the ones who are growing, and amongst you, find somebody within the crowd who is qualified to serve the tables. Well, what's the qualification? You need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit. Let's start there. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Well, how's your reputation? You got a good reputation? A good reputation. Full of the Holy Spirit. You're qualified. You're qualified. There you go. But I, I don't have any Bible college training. Well, you don't need it. But I'm not. I just got saved. You full of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I think so. All right, sweet. Get to work. <laughs> get, get to work. Well, no, you should wait. You should let people. No, 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 no. No. I'm sorry. Are you a disciple? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you studying the word of God? Are you growing in your relationship with the Lord Jesus? Sweet, qualified, get to work. Serve some tables. What, what are you waiting for? <laughs> what are we waiting for? No, see, there's a problem, so we're either part of the problem, we're part of the problem, we're part of the solution. I love that the, the apostles are gonna be, the way that they figure it out is they say, okay. Well, we can't serve the tables, and we're not going to be the ones who go out and try to find the qualified individuals. You, as disciples, should find the qualified individuals. And that's kind of how it should work even within modern churches. If you serve within children's ministry, look for qualified individuals to help out in children's ministry. 
If you're a greeter, look for qualified individuals to help out with greeting. If you do this, if you do that, I mean, you name it. Look for individuals who are qualified to serve. That's on you. That's on you. If you're waiting for this guy to put every single person in place where they need to be put, you're going to be waiting for a long time because I can't do it all. And that's not my job. That's not my job. That's not the leadership of the church's job. Our job, let's say you're, you're mingling, you're having a fellowship meal afterwards, and you're like, man, I just learned from so-and-so that, man, they seem really gifted here, and they got this passion, and you know, they love the Lord and all that good stuff. I think they'd be great here. Sweet. Sweet. Let's pray about that. And then we'll, then we'll lay hands on them and put them into service. Like, that's my job. That's the leadership. That's the elders of the church. That's our job. That's our responsibility. We can't be expected to go out and fill all the holes. I can't do it. I'm going to tell you right now, I cannot do it. I already have too much. I have too much. So that's where the whole body plays into effect. That's why you matter. Not just to fill holes and find. No, your role within the church is to serve. It's to serve. And sometimes God will use you to find others who are the perfect match for this ministry. Always be looking. Always be praying. Meet people. That's why you should meet people. Figure out what do you love to do? What are you passionate about? I'm just really passionate about this. Oh, you know what? I'm sure the church needs somebody to help out there. Then make them known and say, well, let's, well, let's pray about that. This is what the apostles are doing. They're like, listen, you guys go find the helpers. You find the helpers, because we got to just keep, we got to keep preaching the word. That's what we got to do. What's causing the church to grow? The word of God. The word of God. That's what's causing the church to grow. So that's why disciples are important within the church. That's why, that's why you are significant to the church. If the Lord Jesus is your savior, he has changed you. He is transforming you. He has equipped you to serve in some form or fashion. I'm going to tell you that right now. You may not know what your gift is, but you'll never know what your gift is unless you start doing something. Is that understood? You may think like, well, I'll try greeting. I found out that I don't like people. Don't be the greeter, right? <laughs> Easy. Mark it off the list and go on to the next thing. You don't stop just because you struck out one time. No, you try something else. Find it. Pray. Lord, I don't know. I don't know what my gift is. He's faith. He'll reveal that to you. But you're a part of the solution. You can't be part of the problem. You got to be a part of the solution. Part of the solution. That was true for the church back then. It's true for the church today. Good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. He goes on to say, verse 4, they go on to say, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And that, that is, is my commitment to you. I hope you understand that. You gave your life to him. I'm not looking to steal time away from you and your family. Your ministry to your family is what comes first. Don't volunteer here if you're not ministering to your family. Get that figured out first. Then you help us out. Then you help us out. Keep things straight. Keep your priorities straight. You serve the Lord Jesus. You serve your family. Then you come and serve us. Come and serve the body. Right? 
Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, according to all the books and stuff, we're doing this all wrong. We're doing this all wrong. How you start in the church and everything, we're doing it all wrong. And I don't care because I'm not looking to do it how the books are written or anything like that. We're just trying to follow the Lord and do what he tells us to do. That's what we're going to do here at Calvary Galveston. We will have issues come up. We do have issues come up because we got a children's ministry where our kids are growing, but we're still functioning as a church of 20 people, and we're not a church of 20 people anymore. We need more helpers. That's primary because teachers up there are not, they're not lesser than the teacher that happens to stand in front of this wooden thing. They're teaching the Word of God just like I'm teaching the Word of God as well. They matter just as much as I matter. They can't, they can't be taken away from teaching the Word of God. They need people to help serve tables upstairs. Maybe you need to be a teacher upstairs. I don't know. You need to pray about that. So this was an issue that was happening, and, and the ones who are called to teach the Word of God, they had to keep teaching the Word of God. They can't be taken away from that. They can't. They can't be taken away from it. And it wouldn't, it's not necessary for them to be because they have thousands of other people who are well qualified to do the job. The church of 10,000 people is looking at the 12 saying, you need to do something to help us. No, you need to change your focus. There are way more of you than there is of me. You need to do something. You need to do something. Hope this doesn't sound too harsh. My wife said, I need to make sure I'm being nice. Listen, and here's why this is hard for me. I'm a doer. That's just how I am. I will show up and I will set up all these chairs because that's what I do. That's what I do. I will do everything. I will do everything. That's my problem. What I have to be disciplined in is not leaving this to do something that other better qualified individuals can do. You understand what I'm saying? That's my struggle. That's always been my struggle. That's always been my struggle. Delegation has always been my issue. It always has. I, most of those years spent in youth ministry, I was the guy killing himself to make sure everything happened until the Lord came along and says, what are you doing? Why do I keep sending these people to you and you're not going to trust them and you're not going to use them and you're not going to you're not going to delegate to them. And I tell you, the best time of my ministry within youth was when I was able to say, you know what? You guys can do this a lot better than I can. I'm going to show up. I'll teach. I'll pour into you guys and all that stuff. But I started training up leaders, and I, tried to, I started training up all those guys, and I set them free to do ministry. Kind of like the book of Ephesians says. You're supposed to train and equip the body to do the work of the ministry. I, it took me forever to get that. But once I got that, I was like, this is the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. Coming down here, it's very easy to go back into your old ways. I struggle with that all the time. I struggle with that all the time. So that's just how I'm wired. That's how I am. But I fight against that. At least I fight against that on a daily basis. Here we go. The last part of this Verse 5, it says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude. This is wisdom. They all agreed. And when they, it says, And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Procurius, I, I may mess him up, whatever, uh, Nicanor, 
Timon or a Timon. I always think of Timon and Pumbaa, Lion King. Um, there you go. But uh, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. So this is not even Jewish. All these names are Greek. They're all Greek. So you got the Hellenists who are complaining. So these guys are like, well, let's pick out seven guys who, are, who will make sure that these guys are taken care of. Every single one that they picked out all have Greek names. All have Greek names. Who's going to take care of these guys the best? All these Greek boys. These, well, they're, they're Jews, but they all have Greek names. Stephen is going to be the one we focus on for the next, next chapter, chapter and a half. And then Philip will be one who's greatly used by the Lord tremendously. All these guys, we could call them deacons, although they technically aren't called that. Um, they were raised up, and it says here... Uh, it says, when they, had, they were set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they prayed first, and then they laid hands on them. Not lay hands on them and then pray. No, pray first, then they laid hands on them. So they did that. It says, then the word of, here's the, here's the end result of this wisdom. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. They multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests of the temple were obedient to the faith. This is absolutely incredible. Here's the result of delegation. Find ones who are qualified within the disciples, appoint them to serve the tables. They did that. They prayed for them. They laid hands on them. The word of God is spreading. It's multiplying. That's how churches grow and everything. And then the priests of the temple are like, you know what? I think these guys are onto something. I think I'm going to follow Jesus. Priests, religious leaders are like, yeah, I think I'll follow Jesus. And number one, uh, how do you explain the veil that was ripped right, before, right behind you? Okay, number one, like that's, uh, you know, it's 10 inches thick. No human can tear this thing. They got to figure out that. And so they're, it's starting to come together for these guys of like, God's moving. He's doing something with this crazy group of people. I think I need to be all in. And priests were getting saved. Priests were getting saved. But there you go. That's how that all plays out. You got an issue within the church. You want wisdom to prevail. You're meant to serve. You're meant to serve. Everybody is called to be a servant. To what capacity? I don't know. But you need to be praying about that. You need to be praying about that. If Calvary Galveston is your church, you need to be helping. That's all I'm going to say. If this is your church, then get busy. Then get busy. Do something. Well, I'll, then I'm going to do my own thing. No, 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 no. Hold on. No. No. What's best for the body? What's best for the body and what gives God the glory? Those are the things we're going to do. I'm not here to facilitate your ministry. I'm not. We're here to do ministry to serve God and to, bring, and to cause the glory to go to him. That's, that's why we're here. We're here for that, okay? So let's pray. And then uh, we'll, um, uh, there's some food. See, you smell it? coming through. You're like, oh man, you're like, please stop talking. Um, wrap it up. Okay, I am. Um, so we're going to pray. Hey, I, I do seriously ask that, that you just pray. Pray. If this is your church, if I'm your pastor, man, then it's trust that the Lord can use this knucklehead to do something. My goal, our goal as leadership is to have Man, it is to really have respect for you, respect for your time, but ultimately, we're here to serve. We're here to serve. And may God get the glory. May God get the glory. And may people get saved because we're all showing up because we want to serve. That's what we're doing. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless.
That's all we have time for today at Bread for the Broken, but we're so glad that you joined us as Pastor James continues through the book of Acts. This book is a powerful representation of how the church first began. It contains a variety of snapshots into effective ways of sharing the gospel. Some apostles shared in large groups, while others taught in more intimate settings. Some taught the gospel through words, and others shared through signs and wonders. Do you wrestle with sharing who Jesus is? Be encouraged. As long as you're teaching the hope and truth of Jesus, there is no wrong way. If you'd like prayer in this area, we would love to pray for you. Visit breadforthebroken.com, click on the contact tab, and let us know how we can be praying. If you'd like to listen to more teachings like this, you can find them too when you visit breadforthebroken.com. Just click on the teachings tab. You'll also be able to learn more about Calvary Galveston at our website, as well as find directions to our location. Calvary Galveston is a church of ordinary people seeking to live as Jesus did. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. So if you're ever in the Galveston area, we would love to meet you. Our atmosphere is relaxed, so just come as you are. You can find out more and get directions on our website. Again, that's breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for listening to Pastor James's teaching today. Know that we're praying for you, and we hope you'll join us to continue digging into the book of Acts next time on Bread for the Broken.